0: Yeah, because when people ask me that, I hate, like, I don't go up to a painter and say paint. But people go up right. to a rapper and say rap. So I just, I don't like that. So then I just give them, I got to hit them with something real quick that they can't even comprehend. They're like, what?
1: <laughs> Dang, man. That's a good way to think about it. I've never thought about that before.
0: Yeah, I, I just, uh, you know, even a singer, like, some singers are like, I don't know. I know rappers that will not rap unless it's just on a song like or live performance they just won't even do it they're like no nah, go listen to my music which i totally get it's like you're not going to ask an author to start just writing exactly um, <laughs> right,
1: <laughs> right? Like, hey write me a Yo, start authoring bro <laughs> <laughs> <Not yet. laughs> that's the first thing that i thought of when you said that
0: that's it's so funny favorite. well you're hey um that's a good uh transition now right no, bro <sighs> dude, you say that this one weekend bro Say that one I'm time. an
1: author now. After this weekend, bro, I'm an author. I miss, like, the entire world shutting down and being on lockdown. So it's been a pretty good weekend. The book's doing really well.
0: Let me ask you this. What is the – so you weren't actually going to release it that soon, right? You were going to wait a little longer or
1: – So I was going to release it that Saturday, but I just okay. decided to release it that Friday. Oh, okay. Like, so it was a day <laughs> early. Okay. <I> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was um, – you know, it's been good, man. It's, it's really interesting. The world is just so weird. I don't even know how to feel.
0: Dude, me either, man. I think that's I, like to be honest like doing this podcast. I I've listened to a lot of podcasts that you've been on. I've listened to the podcast your own podcast as well. And you know, for for mine, I don't know, some people might think it's lazy or maybe it's just not like as professional, but I'm more of just like I just like to talk and have a conversation, man. I I like I feel like sometimes it gets too like all right, question 1, this. And then like I just I don't know. It doesn't, it's not my vibe. It's just not the way I like to roll. So I do appreciate you coming on here and just kind of, you know, being willing to talk about whatever randomly pops in our head today. So, um, I appreciate, I appreciate your time, Mark.
1: Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, I think there's just different kinds of podcasts and different kinds of podcast hosts, but, um,
0: true. That's no, it. No, I
1: mean, I think, uh, I think, uh, I think what we're seeing, I mean, it's definitely happened before in history, but, I mean, this, this is definitely going to be talked about for a long time, you know, regardless of whatever happens, happens. So, I mean, I think you have to kind of talk about it. You know, like, I don't really know how to feel because, like, on one end, I kind of, like, I've been, like, this is, this was supposed to be my month. Like, I had my TED Talk. I had all these things for the rest of the year. And then, like, I'm sure, like, a lot of people, literally in a span of 48 hours, my entire life just got canceled. And, like, I, I th- I'm grateful that I don't have, like, a serious problem. You know what I mean? Like nobody I know is like about to die or is unhealthy or is infected. But it's also like kind of sad. And so, but then I'm also really grateful that my book came out and some other things. And so it's kind of like both of these things and that it's just weird. I don't really know how to feel.
0: Yeah, the timing is definitely especially for you like people say oh 2020 is gonna be my year bro like we're not talking about that man mark Metry does real things man he's he released this book this isn't like he's gonna hit a couple fitness goals dog he's doing some he's (laughs) he's putting out this book um not putting it out it's out man um i just ordered it um so i'm sorry that i couldn't read it before this uh but i think it's gonna come today or tomorrow um but yeah going off of that topic though by the way so this is bobcast thank you for coming on i like to start kind of impromptu i i just you know, it's just kind of how wrapping. we roll here at Bobcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Might throw down a couple <laughs> rhymes or something. You never know what's gonna happen. Okay, this is exactly. Bobcast. What we do. Um, but yeah. So you know, I I know there's a lot to talking talk about surrounding the book, but what what was your impetus to create it, and what is it about, and you know, who's gonna see the 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 benefit of reading it?
1: Yeah. So I mean, I just. Um... So for me, you know, I think, like, when you look at each person's life, like, not everyone, but, you know, everyone's got problems. You know, a lot of people might have, like, a defining problem or just, like, whatever cars they were dealt with, and then it's, like, whatever, you know, they had to do that. For me, that was, you know, not really talking to people for, like, the first part of my life and having a lot of social anxiety. And I was, like, able to first realize it, that I was just, I had social anxiety when I was, like, 18. And then I began to like, you know, I had to go down, I had to go up, but eventually I kind of like got out of it. And so like, I kind of felt like I didn't really live, like a lot of people say like they didn't live their, um, like their twenties or thirties or forties. I feel like I didn't really live my <laughs> Like when I was just kind of <laughs> growing up through that decade. And so like, I had so many boundaries on my life that I just didn't even know about. Because what I've learned about is like the, you know, the mind is a is a master at the game it's playing, and when you just look at the science, I mean, it's clear that like your brain's number one priority is not to make you happy. Your brain's number one priority is to make sure you're alive, and so like the brain can play so many different games in terms of people's like mental health, and then that affect other areas of their life, and so I just kind of like went through this problem for like a decade. And then now that I kind of get out of it, and I, like I host a podcast, I'm on an Amazon Prime documentary series, I do a lot of different things. People ask me, like, yo, how did you turn from someone who couldn't even talk to people at all and was super shy and quiet and afraid to, like, speaking on stage to, like, hundreds, I think the biggest crowd I've ever spoken to is, like, 1,500. And so people ask me that, like, all the time whenever they hear my story. And so I was just like, damn, I got to write a book about this and wow. get it out there. And, and the second biggest point is that when you look at the, the data, when you look at the statistics, social anxiety is one of the most common anxiety-related issues someone can have. And it is also very much correlated to like substance abuse and also social isolation, both of which are also correlated to suicide, which kills 850,000 people a year. And so I, you know, I I was almost suicidal at one point in my life when I was 18. And so I just kind of like looked at all these things and, you know, I'm in the entrepreneur world, I'm in the self-improvement world. And I just didn't really see a book like this where people were talking to people who actually kind of had this problem, who weren't just like a normal introvert, but they actually like want to talk to people, but they can't because their brain doesn't let them. And so I just wrote this book that, you know, has a little bit of my story is pretty short to read uh is backed by science and so i'm just like putting it out there and and yeah man it's pretty great like it's already like in the i saw it it's already a the seller, top one top yeah, it's already, right? yeah. yeah i got an email from amazon today saying that my book is in the top one percent of books in total that have ever been sold on amazon which is like there's like 85 million books or some shit like that so that's pretty awesome wow man
0: congratulations <laughs> Thanks, yeah man. and and so the book it's sure. uh, the book I just want to note for people is called Screw Being Shy um the podcast is called Humans 2.0 um I would definitely if you're on a drive, you're at the gym, whatever, maybe you're not at the gym for the next month or two, but whatever you're doing, go for a walk
1: instead. I'm still going um, to that gym, bro. Dude, hey,
0: I, I gotta, I mean, luckily my dad hooked me up. He's got weight set from the 80s I've been using my whole life. So I just, <laughs> I went back to my parents' house so I could eat their food and go there and work out. So, but hey, if you're, whatever you're doing, make sure, uh, you know, throw the humans 2.0 uh, podcast on just a lot of great the Dan Shaw Bell episode I haven't seen yet but I'm very excited for that one because I just uh, Dan is the man dude he's Dan is the Dan man, is man. <laughs> out
1: so many times in my life and I, I can name the other
0: things. hundreds of guests you've had on that are notable figures um especially in the world of of business uh, like you said self improvement too um and but yeah so it's so funny Mark because yesterday one of my friends, he's a very successful person for, you know, his age. He he reminds me of you or you remind me of him. And he, you know, wrote a book before he was like 18, I think, Um, you know, kind of like the self publish it. Like, I don't even know, like this kid just, he's got it, you know, like he's just got it. He's, he just, he's hustles, man. Um, He's on his second book right now that he's hoping to get published by, uh, by Oxford. He's got like something going on with them. And it's like, He's the, just the type of person you just like want to be around. And he came to me in high school and he didn't know me at all. And he said, Hey, Sully, do you want to help me start a DJ company? And I'm like, "Bang! Oh, I sick. know this kid's my man. Right. So we started a DJ company in high school. We ran that together. It was, it was amazing. Um, and he's one of my really good friends, but yesterday we were talking and he's like said something similar to what you were explaining when you're before you're creating your book and about just how like socially, Maybe he's not – like, he's very intelligent, but maybe socially he's not as out there as he could be. And when we were DJing, I would always, like, basically always do the mic work, you know? So that's what I was a little bit better at. And he was more on the back end, on the logistics side, and making sure the music was good and things like that. So um, that was so funny that yesterday – he doesn't know who you are, but he randomly – gave me you know explained this problem to me and I tried to help him but I'm not a person that can I can't really explain why I can talk to people you know so uh that was just so funny so I I am you know sending him um your book so just want to let you know that you're gonna you're gonna help another person
1: that's so awesome man and and honestly you know I think like when you kind of think about this problem you kind of have to like look at the lay of the land in terms of like you know So a lot of people, like when I was talking to people about this book, a lot of people were like, oh, isn't that just being an introvert? And, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions around what that actually means. When you actually look at the definition, an introvert is defined as someone who like is just naturally like a character trait, like how they were born for the most part. They're just predominantly the way their brain works is it's more focused on the internal world. So ideas, thoughts, feelings, emotions. And they get energy from that. Whereas an extrovert, the way that their brain is created is it's more focused on the external environment and not so much the internal in game. And so that's what that is. There's just two kinds of people, introvert, extrovert. Some people can be both. But being an introvert has nothing to do with being shy. And so you could be like a quiet introvert who's just kind of like focused on your own thing and have solitary and kind of spend and enjoy that alone time. And then when you have to talk to one or two people or whatever, it's like no big deal. You can just talk to people normally, okay? And then there are people who um, can be shy. And, you know, it's totally normal to feel shy every once in a while. Everyone kind of at times can feel shy depending on the environment where they're at. That's totally normal. But if you are seeing yourself be shy in every single environment that you walk into, everywhere you go, then that usually starts when you're a kid and if if that's not dealt with then eventually it becomes social anxiety where essentially what what's starting to happen is your mind and your body are forming this connection where like first your mind will start thinking like um you know like what are these people around me thinking these people think i'm a loser um Or you might be like someone might be trying to talk to you and you might be trying to like think about what they're trying to say. And you might be trying to think about what you're going to say. Your heart might like start beating more. You might start sweating. Your throat will like tighten up. And then you just like, you won't be able to talk. Your mind will go blank. And so what happens is like your, your body and mind just, they basically amp each other up and it works both ways. And then eventually what ends up happening is like, you now go someplace and even if you're not anxious, even if your mind is not freaking out, your body could be freaking out because it's formed that connection for so long. And then Is that, that kind of like a sorry
0: to cut you off? Is that kind of just like a like the fight or flight, freeze type of response? It's like a bodily response.
1: Yeah, and so it's what like happens triggered basically. Is, yeah. yeah, and so it becomes a bodily response because um, it's been a response in someone's mind for so long, or vice versa. And so it just gets, like, stored essentially as, like, a quote-unquote habit that you don't really think about. And so, like, people who have this problem, like, they could be the most social people ever. They might actually want to talk to people, but if they haven't realized they have this problem, because, like, the the thing about it is, like, when I was going through this, I had no idea. I had no idea I had social anxiety. I just thought that, like, there was just something wrong with me. I thought there was, like, something, like, morally, like, I was just, like, born, To be like destined like a loner or like isolated that's just what i always thought and so like when i began to realize it and you actually begin to look at the science you're like oh crap and there's also like a ton of like research and data to to like show how someone can even potentially get out of it too so is
0: it about being it is and is it so is it about being more extroverted or is it about no. exactly i didn't i knew no, you're going to no, say that no. i was yeah so I'm what i so an
1: introvert bro exactly so change
0: that step 1 yeah. that's step 1 is <laughs> and that's you know that's a good thing though right like you're you got to embrace that so what is the you know what's the next like what's the actionable um step that you took i guess
1: yeah, I mean, so I think I think first and foremost, you know, what's important with everything is like you have to be aware of it first, right? And so um like I get I talk about this analogy. I forget who said it originally, but it, it's uh there are these two goldfish in a bowl and they're swimming around. And one goldfish says to the other, "Hey, dude, uh how's the temperature of the water today?" And the the other goldfish is like, "Wait, what's water?" And so like goldfish and fish are completely surrounded by water at all times but it's invisible to them. But let's say a goldfish tries to get out of the water, tries to go up higher. It can't because the water is limited again. And then that water is our beliefs, our fears, whatever we're the most surrounded in. And so the biggest part is like to want to become aware of it. So like when you, when you just told me about your friend, you know, I don't, I don't know your friend. I don't know if you've guys talked about this before, but the fact that he is saying something to you, that might mean that he's sort of becoming aware of it at first. And I don't know if he, he is, has social though. anxiety or whatever the, the case is. And so first off, that's the most important part. And that could come from a wide variety of things. I got my conscious awareness. The fact that I had social anxiety was when I was at my first college party and I drank alcohol and I got drunk for like the, one of the first times. And I could just walk up to any guy, any, any girl, and just talk to them. Did you, did
0: you surprise yourself when you were doing that? Or did you not even realize?
1: No, no idea. And then I remember the the day after it was just like, whoa, whoa. Like, like I just, like, I just, I became a different like person. Like I saw a a layer of life that I have never seen before. And then when that happened, I was like, oh shit, like, why can't I do this all the time? And so that's when I first realized that like my mind was stopping me and I didn't even think about it. And so Uh, that's how I got it but people can get it from a wide variety of ways and then I think like the next step is like before you do anything about it is to just like start learning about it so like for example one of the craziest things that I learned in my research was this so so, social anxiety it's not a new thing social anxiety is actually one of like the most primal fears that date back to ever since human beings live in societies and when you look at it it's because of this like What I tell anybody is, like, I don't have social anxiety, but sometimes my brain might be socially anxious. And so the big thing to realize is that, like, when you look at this from a bird's eye view, social anxiety is actually an accumulation of multiple different feedback loops happening from, like, your nervous system that's been designed for thousands of years to evolve. In an environment that we don't live in today, alongside like the varying glitches. And so when you look at it, like, you know, human beings have survived for so long, because we lived in groups, you know, all societies lived in groups. And so our brains through 1000s of years have equated group community living. As you being alive. Because if you lived alone, I mean nobody lived alone. You would you would die from lack of food. This was a much different world back then. Oh, You'd yeah. get murdered by some tribe, you get kidnapped or something. And so essentially, when you actually look at it, like I think the first person to tell me this was Seth Godin. But essentially what happens is like our brains have learned that because a very common fear that happened or a very common punishment that would happen. In groups if you disagreed with like the leader or the leadership or the administration or whatever they had at that time was kicking you out of the group was social um, exile and so essentially like you know I talk I break this all down in the book but like our brains have evolved to do that and so if someone is more susceptible to this then you know next time they're in a classroom or next time they're in a meeting or next time they are um, just in an environment where it's like their turn to speak up and they don't some percentage of those people have that because it's now a condition that's basically like not hardwired, but basically wired into their brain. And so it's super crazy. So I think that's the biggest part that someone can understand to sort of begin to just get like a perspective on it. Because like the biggest thing is like when, when, when you look at this problem from the outside, social anxiety can seem like not that big of a deal. But, you know, the the darker side of social anxiety is it's not just how you deal with other people. It's not just how you behave in social situations. Social anxiety can also be defined as an excessive need to manage your own self-image. And so when you kind of look at that, You know, you might just seem it's like, oh, that person won't speak up or they're a little bit quiet or they kind of spend more time alone. The darker side to this is like someone having friends, but they don't want to reach out to them or they don't want to talk to them because they think they don't want their friends to talk to them. When in reality, they just have social anxiety. This looks like someone staying up for like four hours every night regretting all the things that they wish they could have said in a conversation that happened that day, and then trying to overthink of what they're going to say the next day. And so, you know, you do that, you're not sleeping, you know, that's a key pillar of health. If you're not sleeping, you're screwed. And so like, all these things just begin to 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 sort of come into someone's life. And like, for me, when I was 18, and I kind of realized I had social anxiety, I knew that like, because, like, once you become – like, if you don't grow out of this when you're a kid, it's it becomes a big part of you when you're an adult. And so I, when I was 18, I kind of realized this problem, and I was like, man, if I don't get, like, on the proactive side of this, if I don't start dealing with this right now, 10 years are going to go by, 11, 12, I'm going to be some 30-year-old that's going to be working some job that he doesn't really like, that's just super easy, just so I can sort of slide by and just work in a cubicle. And it's not because I don't work hard. It's not because I'm not antisocial. It's because I have social anxiety and that's placing up a dozen boundaries in my work to my social life. I'm not gonna have a girlfriend. I'm not gonna you know, have a wife. I'm not gonna have any deep relationships with people. And I'm just like gonna come home to like my own apartment or to my own house and just like knock out in front of the TV while I'm drinking a beer. And so I'm going to do that every single night. And so I just kind of like saw that in front of me. And I realized that like, if I don't, if I don't solve this, it's going to be a much bigger issue later on. And when you look at the data and the statistics, it's very clear.
0: He, what he, um, and everything you said is, I mean, that's just gold. Um, I think for people that are, you know, specifically in that, in that position and, you know, I don't necessarily even know what to tell my friend. Um, you know, and you know, what he said to me though, was, you know, I'd like to know your opinion on this is he said, like, I think I have to care less about what other people think about, you know, what I'm going to say, which is kind of similar to what you just said. But, um, and I told him like, for me, I'm an artist, like I can't care really. Like I can't, like, I wouldn't be able to put anything out if I cared, you know? And like, I'm, if I'm on stage and there's 500 people, like if I care, like I would have (laughs) never got on the stage, you know? So Um, like what are are your opinions on, on even it could be past this issue, maybe in just regular society too, of, or in the social media age, whatever you want to say, um, of caring what, what other people think.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of different ways to look at it. I, I talk about it a ton in my book, but you know, one of the things I talk about is sort of like what I just said in terms of like, you have to understand like the truth of our society in terms of like, you have to understand that, like everyone at like, there's, there's 7.5 billion different versions of you running around in the world. You have to realize that everyone has a brain and everyone has a mind. And the fact that when you look at it, the average mind emits anywhere from 25,000 to 60,000 thoughts a day. And you have to realize that a lot of these thoughts, people aren't even conscious of. And when you just look at it, I mean, there's a, there's a, a connection to be made when it comes to like original thoughts versus sort of a bigger pool of thoughts that we just draw from. In terms of this, like, how did you get here on planet Earth? Like, your mom gave birth to you. How did your mom get here? Your mom gave birth to her, and then your mom gave birth to her, and then your mom gave birth to her, and then your mom gave birth to her. All these generations of people, these are people, these are ancestors that have lived through things like genocides. Wars, uh, bloodbaths, uh, mass pillages, uh, the bubonic plague, diseases, uh, just ter- slavery—terrible, terrible things. And so, when you look at that, I mean, people are not built to be positive and supportive. Like, it's just you don't really look at that. Like, a lot of people say, like, there's like a narrative in the, like, the in the community that would be considered like woo-woo or like ultra spiritual of like I've talked know, you, about it a
0: lot on this podcast yeah, before yeah yeah and,
1: and, and, yeah and for sure I think you should take everything with a grain of salt and I don't I don't mean But to,
0: I don't God. like to refuse to, I'd like to bring that that stuff up I guess is what I'm saying like I always say I know this might sound like woo woo or whatever but I love I like to talk about that
1: Yeah of course and so I think like if your viewpoint is like life is just supposed to be all sunshine and I'm filled with like miracles and energy and abundance. And for, and I mean, for sure, like you, like you have to be, your mindset has to be built on abundance to be yes. able to realize what opportunities are out there in the world. And so th- like you can, you, some people I think just take this too far or some people just misspeak on On it. either end. True. You can
0: take it too far on either end probably. Yeah,
1: exactly. And so, and so I think you just need to understand like the lay of the land of like our, le- like just legitimate human society. And the fact that a lot of these people, like, who have thoughts of maybe criticism, or hatred, or whatever, you have to understand that, like, that is not necessarily super personal to you. Like, you've got to understand that a lot of those thoughts are, are hate based, a lot of them are fear based from like, just 1000s and 1000s and 1000s of years of everything that's happened in human history. And so when you understand that, and you also understand that, like, the way that our reality is built, is essentially like, our brain, our, the, our brain organ that houses our mind, it lives in complete darkness. And so it uses our sensors, our eyes, our mouth, our nose, our fingers, our past memories, our past traumatic experiences to essentially set up a projector and then take the information that our brain thinks is right, set up a projector, and then create our vision. I had on this guy on my podcast named Isaac Litsky, who um, who was on the show um, Full House or yeah, he was on Full House and he was like a one, of, one of like the actors on there. And this kid essentially grew up and he became blind and he wrote a book about it. And so when he talks about like the science and the research, he talks about the fact that our brains only receive 10% information from our eyes to construct our vision. And so when you really look at it, Our brain is this organ that's just trying to make the best of what happens instantly to be able to create its most accurate version of the life that we see around us so that we can survive. And so scientists that have broken down the brain, they essentially realize that our brain constructs our reality with cognitive biases and distortions that enable our brain to process things quickly, to give us the information we need in order to deal with the problem that's happening right now. And so one of the most common um, forms of a bias is, is a negativity bias of like, if 10 people, if you talk to 10 people today and nine of them tell you, you're awesome, you're doing a good job, but then you talk to one person that says, Did you suck. Your brain is gonna be focused on that person that said, you suck overwhelmingly than the positive. And so our brain has just a wide variety. Can you switch that? Anywhere from,
0: can you consciously yeah. switch? Yeah.
1: I mean, I think, I think like everything, I think every problem, you have to realize that you might not be able to solve it 100%, but sure. you can go from it like having 100% dominance or 99% dominance on your life to like 5% dominance mm-hmm. or 1%. That's, that's ideally the goal. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the scientists say there's anywhere from 80 to up to 300. Of these cognitive biases and distortions and so depending on how you're treating your this organ that will either make your reality more clear and accurate about what's happening or um, warped and disfigured and corrupted and so for example you look at studies that show if your brain is being inflamed due to either toxins using drugs, uh, a bad diet, lack of exercise, lack of sleep, too much coffee, too much alcohol, all those things, then your brain is going to be inflamed. And so the system itself that's creating your life is now being damaged from the inside out. And so everything you see on the outside is now a little bit worse than what it actually is. And so everyone's got this problem going on. And so you have 8 billion people, almost 8 billion people doing this. And so next time when like someone gives you their opinion or someone gives you feedback, there's a very fine line that you need to be able to understand of how to perceive someone's input or feedback on you. And so that's like the first, I mean, that's just like one very small tip. There's a lot
0: to it, man. It goes deep.
1: (laughs) Yeah, when it comes to like understanding people's opinions and feedback and not caring I, as much,
0: I like what um, a lot more. Yeah, I mean, and going off of that too, um, like what Joe Rogan has said many times, which I really like how he says this is like every person is just a culmination of all the experiences they've ever had. Like they're the, they're also the little baby that they were, and now they're the big, ba- the large. Like we're just babies, but we just have beards and shit, you know. So oh, like, dude. you know, so like that goes off of that of like you have to like step back in this person's life of like yeah, if they gave you. Um, you know, a, and like, I think criticism is good, obviously when it's just like blatantly negative and, and, and out there, like then obviously it can go a little far, but you know, if somebody makes a hate comment, which is like, you get them all the time, I get them all the time too. Um, it's like, Oh, like I feel bad for this person because that's not really how they feel. Like if we just talked, if I just saw them in person, they'd probably just dap me up and we'd be okay. Like, you know, so they're just, so the culmination of their experiences led them to create that comment somehow, something in their mind you know, kind of flip that switch, made them do it. And I've done it. I have done it before. I don't do it anymore, but I have been that person to make that comment and then realized, Oh, that's not me. Like it's me. Something's yeah, making me externalize in it in that way.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that, I mean, obviously people can be mean in real life and there's things like uh, racism sure. and hate crimes and bullying oh, yeah. and all that stuff. Um, but yeah I mean I remember I also remember something that Joe Rogan said was like you can't see people as like static characters you know you can't see somebody as like this 42 year old working at the cash register that's pissed off at you and he's always been like that you know you have to realize that this guy might be a father yeah you don't know what he goes home
0: to right like
1: yeah. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe his, maybe like both of his daughters died from cancer. Like, you know what I mean? Like some, th- some crazy stuff. I and mean, then like, again, there's like, you shouldn't, you should never make an excuse for yourself for mistreating someone or anything like that. But you also have to understand that people are people and like the matter of the fact is, is like, there's a lot of stuff that goes wrong in the world. Like there are people who kill other people. You know what I mean? Like there are, there's a lot worse things than, um, you know, someone's hitting you with your opinion. But I mean, if you even look at the science, I mean, They've done research that shows that emotional pain, like if someone says something mean to you, emotional pain does as much damage to your body as physical pain. Your body and your brain perceive it in the same exact way. Yeah, and so a lot of these things are actually much more serious. And like that's why, like for example, like if you go through a period of your life where you have been abused, bullied, Uh, endured some kind of racism from other people. I mean, dude, you're literally scarred. I mean, I'm basically scarred, but it's the difference between post-traumatic stress disorder and post-traumatic growth. And so that's the way to, to really think about it, man, because, you know, I'm like, I'm so grateful for my life. Like, there could have been so many worse things that, have, that could have happened to me. Like it's not even, it's not even the like 1% of the things that could have even happened to me. And so, but that has happened to other people around the world. And so, you just got to be like really grateful for your position for sure when you think about these
0: things. I, gratitude kind of changed my life, I, along with meditation and kind of developing the routine, the morning routine and things like that. But gratitude for sure, and I definitely don't practice it enough. I try to consciously think about it. but That's not even enough, right? And but that was like step one of like, all right, let's uh, bef- yeah. like before we write it down every day, like let's at least like get in the mindset. Um, of gratitude. But I think kind of going off of, you know, transitioning into like your life a bit, if I could just kind of ask you a couple questions um, about your growth and how, I mean, I discovered you, I think you're at like 60,000 on LinkedIn now, but I think you had like maybe 40,000 then, which Still, obviously impressive, and I was, you know, and I, I just connected with you because I saw your content. I was like, oh, this guy's doing big things, and he actually does what I want to do, or what I was in the, still in the process of doing is creating podcasts for people. So, um, but regardless of that, um, can you speak on your on your college experience and what you're, you know, because like a lot of my audience is yeah. uh, at this stage, and you know, I have a group of people that I talk to consistently about that we're all building businesses and we're still in college or like just out of college. And we're kind of tr- trying to group, get a group together that's in the same mindset, um, because we realize that the rest of our community isn't really just on the same page. So we're trying to, you know, hold each other accountable. Um, but regardless of that, like, what you know, you, I think you built a business or multiple businesses in college. I just remember you talking about like skipping your classes to to like work on your business <laughs> and things like that. And I want, I just want to hear from from you if I can. Like, what was your um what was your experience in in that I know it's a little, really broad but whatever yeah, you want so to
1: go to yes yeah, so I go to college when I'm 18 and I realize I have social anxiety and then at first I I don't really do everything I just told you and I try to um you know essentially I kind of saw like these two paths in front of me the one path of what I just told you of like I could be some 30-year-old working in a cubicle without much friends if I don't deal with this issue. And then I also saw like the flip side of like, like if I deal with this issue right now, man, when I'm 30, I'm going to be balling. You know what I mean? And so I kind of saw those two paths in front of me. And, you know, at first when you kind of realize that it can be pretty scary. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty, especially like, you know, if you don't have friends around you that are talking about this, it's not, it's not common to hear about. this. I remember at this time, I didn't even know what self-improvement was or self-development was. I didn't even know that you could change life. It just never occurred to me. And so, um, and so when I realized that at first, I, I don't, I don't really want to deal with it. I don't really want to deal up with like that insane responsibility to actually live my own life. If I've been not living my life for over a decade, and so at first I just tried to escape. And so for me that was like um playing around with like more partying, alcohol, drugs Which is this Netflix, is why I want you games. to touch on
0: it too, because it's what everybody does.
1: Yeah. Essentially. I mean I, there's an analogy there's an analogy in my book about college and I call it uh, I call it Pleasure Island. And um and so I break it all down and it's uh there's a good similarity between that and, and uh the Pinocchio story. So it's really interesting. But um but essentially, yeah. So I go down this, but for me, like my real drug of choice was food. And so like, I would eat all the time and, you know, I didn't, I didn't gain the freshman 15. I gained like the freshman 65, 70. And so next thing I know, I'm basically like over 200 pounds and, um, my social anxiety that I've always had gets even worse and it becomes like social isolation. And I actually start to get like depressed. I can't get out of bed anymore. I can't go to sleep at night, which eventually leads me to, um, flirting with suicide. And so eventually I kind of go through this all kind of my first year of college. And then I just kind of stepped back and I went off to, um, during the summer, during the summer, like in April, when we got out of school, I went back, lived with my parents there. I just kind of like, I was like basically doing the same thing, but maybe it's like a lesser degree. Um, and then when I uh, and then like in the summertime, I took my parents and I, my family, we took a trip to Egypt, which is where my parents are originally from. They came to this country two years before I was born. And so I go to Egypt and uh, like I meet all the rest of my family that's still there. And, uh, and Egypt was like just getting out of uh, like a revolution called the Arab Spring where, like, they, they, like, revolted against the government, like, two times. There was, like, a lot of economic instability. A lot of people didn't have jobs. And so I just kind of, like, went to Egypt, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, like, my parents left their home country where, like, they knew everything, their friends, family, and they just came to America just on a hope. Cause I mean, this is before YouTube, you know what I mean? This is before you could watch videos of like going to America to give their kids a better opportunity. And so when that happened, I just kind of began to just become more grateful. I began to understand more about like my origin of who I was. And then when that happened and I went off to college, like for, um, uh, during that second year. And then I remember like in July when I came back from that trip from Egypt, I remember I just like spent the entire rest of that summer just like trying to learn as much as I could. I started to read books and I started to, at first I was just trying to figure out how, how do I lose weight? And so I began to learn more about health, nutrition, food, exercise, all this stuff. And so I remember I came back second year of college and I was eating, I was like starting to eat healthy, a healthy diet. I lost all the weight. I was doing bulletproof slash keto and I basically felt my brain turn on for the first time in my life. And so when I felt that increased amount of energy, I began to do other things. Like I began to exercise for the first time in my life. And then I began to like sleep well for the first time in my life. Then I began to like read books for the first time in my life. Then I began to meditate. And then I began to do, you know, all these other things. It's like self-improvement. And then eventually I began to get on like a good foundation for me to tackle my social anxiety. And I just went after it like every day. And then, and then, I mean, dude, I mean, that was it. And that's also like when I started my business. Um, What was that business? It was um, uh, a virtual reality agency, which no longer is not really working, but um, it, it went into a lot of different things. And then eventually like six months after that, I started my podcast. Um, and then yeah man it was so interesting when i think back to college it was just like whew. so it just it, like, so there was like basement i just that, went to the basement bro i just grinded just created, came out a different person
0: that perspective <laughs> switch though that's really what it was it seems that you kind yeah, of I mean, that's if kind of put things into perspective for you of like oh these people my like my parents risked had so much on the line like, was it that, like, was it like they had so much? they, they came here and now I'm just sitting here. Like I have to go out and do so, something or was it a little a combination of both of like, yeah, I want to I mean, change so, myself, but also because they did that, I got to get yeah, my I mean, ass in it, gear.
1: Yeah, exactly, man. So it was just, it was a combination of a lot of things. Like, like I don't like when you hear people's stories, it's like people talk about like, Oh, there was like this one thing. It's usually not that it's usually like just a lot of different things happening in their lives. It just created the right scenario. So for me, it was like a wide variety of things. One, it was, I was a loser my entire life. And so what I mean by that is like, um, I wasn't a musical person. I mean, I, I actually, I was, but then I, got the, I let the haters get to me and I stopped and I quit. But you're gonna uh, come back though. Exactly, I'm in the middle of it. Um, I, um, I wasn't an artistic person. I wasn't good at school. I wasn't an athlete. I wasn't any of these things. Maybe the only thing that I was good at was playing video games. And then also I got into a lot of online stuff early, which made me become an entrepreneur and and be pretty financially successful when I was like a teenager. But I didn't really think more of myself because of that at all. Um, And so like, I think number one is, I think it's because I was losing for so long, like for like over a decade that finally you just like, This is like I'm so sick and tired of I'm of being sick and tired. Like I'm so sick of losing. This is never gonna happen again. What if so?
0: No, continue. Sorry. No, I was
1: gonna. Go
0: ahead. (laughs) I was gonna say. Did you have a? You're good, bro. Um, did you have like a roommate or something? Like, did you? Was there anybody or a friend that like went like, "Yo, is Mark? Did you? What's up with him now? He's like doing things, different things. (laughs) Like, did like did anybody like who? were people around you realizing this transition too?
1: No, uh, yeah, so dude, so this is it. So I, um, um, so I went to college with the first, the first spot I lived in. I lived with a ton of people. I lived in a dorm room with two other people. And then I also lived in like a suite, which is basically like an apartment with like nine other people. So like I would and like, they were all pretty nice. And so nobody really noticed it other than the fact that I was becoming overweight. And so, um, and so that was it. But dude, it's crazy what happened. Like, I remember um, like when I was going through all these changes and I was like working on myself, I remember I had a, my, a friend of mine, my roommate. At first he made fun of me for doing all the things that I was doing, but then eventually like he just began to hustle too in like his own way. And, um, and he, uh, and then eventually what happened was he actually moved out and he switched colleges and he moved to a better school because he began to get, like, way better grades, and, like, we, him, me and him talk all the time, and he was, like, yeah, he tells me all the time, like, yeah, dude, you were the start of, like, realizing that I could do more things, wow, and then after that, I had another roommate came in, same exact thing happened with him, and, dude, just so many different transition scenarios now, Um, and so, um, so, yeah, man, I mean, it's a, it's a crazy time, but honestly, I think the biggest part about the perspective shift is, like, um, the biggest shift is just, like, I think it all has to do with pain, And I think what happens to a lot of people is like, they're not, they're not living their own lives. And so it's painful. And so instead of trying to deal with that pain in the moment, like that discomfort and just push through and move through that resistance, they try to remove that pain with some sort of a coping mechanism that usually isn't healthy. And so you, you see like a lot of people, they're facing like a lot of the stress, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of pain. And they start, whether it's smoking something or vaping something or drinking something, or again, it doesn't even have to be a substance. It could literally be anything. It could be sex. It could be Netflix. It could be video games. It could be like trying to live in other, other celebrities lives. I mean, it could be a thousand different things, but essentially like, I think the, 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 the key to having that perspective shift yourself is in the pain. And so it's like, like in my book, there are exercises that people can do at the end of each chapter. And like one of them that I say is like, try to identify all of your vices and try to remove them for 24 hours. And what you'll notice is you'll be in a different state. And it's like people, people who think like they're not motivated or people who think, that they have no problems in their lives people who think like they don't have they don't have pain or they don't really know what to do or they want self awareness bro just remove your vices for a day two days and you're going to find out who you are real fast <laughs> and so, so a lot of people yeah. and so a lot of people and not just college kids but i think a lot of people they go everyone goes through a lot of pain and then there's a, a percentage of the population that are able to do the painful thing in the moment, that's the right thing. And eventually they are the successful people that we know of. And then there's other people who also feel that same exact pain also feel that same exact stress, but instead of trying to, uh, deal with it in the moment, they're like, Oh, let me go. Uh, let me go have lunch for like three hours first. Yeah. They escape. And so they're always living in like this cycle of like, they're building up enough pain. They have access to the amount of pain that they could use to go up and grow, or they just let that go into some kind of vice. And so it's like this thing and they never get out. And so there's another percentage of the population who are in like this bottom, like gray uh, area of life where they're trying to numb their pain and they're just trying to jump. And I think that's a
0: lot of that age too, is that college age. But the, the thing, yeah. And the thing is, we don't know what to do because nobody the to- cause. Cause, and they're used to just yeah. being told what to do and then it's like oh now it's up to you buddy even though we That's told exactly, you what to yeah. do this whole time but now it's up to you and it's a million dollars like <laughs> <laughs> right
1: like, you pay the bill after the
0: 48 month grace period. I remember when you had that job at cvs and you were getting like you know nine dollars an hour Oh yeah. Now you have to make a $400,000 decision and you never made a decision bigger than, you know, I'm going to go out and get a coffee in your life. So it's just (laughs) like,
1: there's a lot. Yeah.
0: Oh man. For sure, man.
1: I think, I think at the end of the day, you just have to look at the root cause and like a lot of people will blame a lot of things, whether that's, uh, that's the,
0: that's the other escape is blame. Right. And, and like, that's like when you're working for that person where it's always somebody else's fault, like where, or you're around that person where everything is somebody else's fault or time or, you know, you know, the it's it's that, that's that's detrimental like responsibility and accountability too is uh, i mean for and like we all struggle that's with the root. It. like i still it is the root though and i still struggle with it too and like i have messed things up like i have not i have not hit the goals that i had to hit like i have not done Damn. the things that i had to do and now i know like i can never not do that again or i can never do that again i have to be accountable
1: um, yeah, for sure, man. And that's a, it's a key part of my book responsibility because that yeah. is, um, that's the root man. And so, you know, you could, you could blame social media, you could blame vapes, you could blame whatever, but at the end of the day, it's, it's what people have to do. And so, and I'm not, and I'm not discounting damage done by those things. Cause that's a different story. But, uh, at the end of the I day, yeah, it, responsibility is key. It. And then
0: cold turkey man i did it for six years seven years man like on and off good for you, yeah bro. i quit cold turkey and because i realized i'm like what am i doing to myself like why am i doing this i'm only doing this for when it feels good for like 10 seconds right oh so, literally i'm literally doing this all for 10 <laughs> seconds of my life it's like it's like <laughs> food too like it, with food it's just mouth pleasure for 10 seconds and yeah. you literally ruin your entire di- diet that you did spend six months trying to build here so it's like yeah you start to put that in perspective too and like oh i'm doing i'm giving up so much just to get that 10 seconds of feel good
1: it's crazy bro um but but dude i mean i would love it for people to check out my book i was gonna say where can you know plug it all man? plug it all yeah so uh the book is out the audiobook will come out in a couple weeks uh get it on amazon If you want to check out all the stuff I've got going on, just go to my website, MarkMetry, M-A-R-K-M-E-T-R-Y.com, podcast book, all that good stuff. Thank you so much for having me on, bro.